in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. show week six of the NFL in the books and the Vikings once again found a way uh, to win an ugly football game the offense was horribly inefficient uh, but again finding a time finding a way to score when, when the time is right when we need it the most and I think I saw I should have bookmarked the tweet but I saw a tweet that said there's been six opportunities where the Vikings have the ball in this this week we weren't down but uh in go-ahead situations where you score another touchdown, you either take the lead or you take a two-score lead. They've scored six out of six times uh, in all coming in the fourth quarter. It was Dalvin Cook this week who broke the long one. It was a 53-yarder, I believe, uh, to kind of clinch it with about three minutes to go in the game. And then back-to-back turnovers forced by the defense. We were plus three in the turnover game. Just two penalties called on the Vikings, one of the least penalized teams in the NFL. And in a crazy stat here, BG, um, just one holding call on the Vikings offensive line all season. Whoa. Now, Kirk was under pressure for, for quite a bit of the day. I thought he handled it okay at times. The offense, like I said, was terribly inefficient. They had 15 drives in the ball game. They were three and out 10 of those 15 drives. Um, but the flip side of that is the special teams. Once again, finding a way. It was a missed PAT by Josephs, but Ryan Wright is just an absolute weapon at punter for us. He flipped the field a few times. He had a 75-yard punt. I believe that was third quarter um, to, to absolutely flip the field. And, and again, the Vikings just enough complimentary football to find a way to win yet again, 5-1 and one BG, and we're feeling pretty good. Yeah, talking about Ryan Wright, that brings up a comment that I wanted to make. We may have to talk to our guy, Davis Kim, yep. about this. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. With PFF. Ryan Wright, I think he's rated as like the 24th or 26th punter in the league so far. Really? Which I don't know what they base their metrics off for punting, but it seems like every week he's just been killing it out there. Um, but yeah, he's he's been awesome for us. But yeah, going back to the game in general, it's just another really weird game. Um, once again this week where, you know, in some facets of the game we played really well, I thought. And again, there was a lot to improve upon both on the offensive and defensive side. Um, it's definitely great coming away with a win. We didn't play Tua, but um, it's it's tough going into a tough environment like Miami on the road. I know just about everybody probably saw it. 30 degrees warmer on the Viking sideline than the Miami sideline in the shade. So it's with Tua or without Tua, it's, I think it's still a good win. And we're 5-1. and one. Um, We're not that great of a team from what we've put on tape so far. But, I mean, we're playing what our schedule has brought in us, and it's – some okay teams, not really any great teams so far. But if you ask me what you want to be six games in, I'd be I'd be happy with five and one. So um, I think we talk about it just about every week so far. It seems like we got to improve on some stuff and just make sure that we're getting better and better each week. So by the end of the season, we're a better team. And I think our defense was really good for the most of the game. I thought they took a big step up, especially in the past game or the the past defense with. Six sacks and two interceptions. Um, I know we've talked about it. The local media has been talking about it, how this defensive line with Zadarius and Daniil Hunter haven't really got to the quarterback that much. And I was listening to a post-game interview. Uh, Fox 9 was talking to Zadarius, and they said that's one of the things they focused on this past week, getting to the quarterback. Um, and I think that really showed with, I think it's Patrick Jones having two sacks. Yep. Darius had one at least, um, and Daniil had one. Um, I also, just going off the cusp here, not looking at the stats, I'm pretty sure Zadarius had something crazy, like six quarterback pressures, Yep. Um, which he's now second in the entire league with QB pressures so far this season. So it's good to have these big-name guys on our defense who have kind of been sleeping so far this season, have big games, and it showed um, in our secondary. We talk about how that's a balancing act, how great defensive line work um, we'll reflect on the, the defensive secondary, and we, we totally saw that with little time that the quarterbacks had, six sacks getting in their heads. On the backside, Patrick Peterson, multiple deflections. He had an interception. Harrison Smith had an interception. So, I mean, it was encouraging to see the, the Vikings' defense step up. We, we knocked that ball out of Waddle's arms yep. um, at the end of the game. It's, it's just huge, but 
once again, it's it's good and bad. We we let up 385 passing yards in the game, almost 400 yards to Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater, which if we want to be a deep playoff team or even a good playoff team, we just got to cut down on that. So, again, 5-1. I, I, I want to be positive. It's clear that we're not playing our best basketball, but at the end of the day, we're winning Football. tough games, um, which we, like we said last week, we really haven't done as the Vikings for the past couple of years, we're finding a way to, to win football games, whether we play bad, whether we play good. So um, I'm looking forward to going into the bye week five and one. Yeah. We're watching the opener uh, in the, is this the opener in the NBA, yep. Boston and Philly? And you did say basketball. You threw that oh, in I? there at one point. <laughs> yeah, uh, as I'm, your as your I'm, mind is on basketball. As, as I'm talking, I'm watching <laughs> basketball. Uh, but the defense was incredible. I got some, some stats here for you. Um, Z Smith, Z beast. We often call Zebriel, but he's got five and a half sacks. He's tied for eighth in the league when it comes to sacks. He ranks fourth in total pressure rate at 17.3%. That coming from truemedia.com. And in the pressures, he's only behind Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, and Micah Parsons. So not too bad a company there for Sidarius. Daniil Hunter did get a sack. It was six total sacks for the Vikings defensive line and linebackers. Jordan Hicks had a sack. And then two for Zedarius and two for Patrick Jones, the third, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the young man making make a nice impact. Patrick Jones uh, stepping up. Also, Josh Metellus on that. Uh, he, he had a big tackle on special teams. This was another special teamer I had from a, kind of a standout in this game. Chris Boyd as well, who made a big tackle after that 73-yard punt or 75-yard punt uh, to, to finally wrap up. And actually make it a, you know, because if, if Tyreek Hill takes that back 20 yards, it goes from 75 to 55 real quick. Uh, so a big time tackle from Chris Boyd on that punt. And then Josh Metellus with the the big tackle on that fake punt that they ran to set Kirk Cousins in the offense up in really good field position. Um, you hit on Pat Peterson. He had an incredible game in the secondary. He was ranked third in the NFL, third best in the NFL this week with a pass coverage rating of 90.2, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, and he did a great job on Jalen Waddle all day. He was he was doing a lot in that secondary. A couple articles I read talking, and he does an interview every week with Barrero, but just mentoring the young guys in the secondary. And hopefully going into the bye week now, they, they can have some time to fix up some of the sloppy mistakes. Um, the defense of Miami came out in a completely different look than what the Vikings were expecting. Um, I think... The, uh, there was a stat that against 11 personnel, which was what the Vikings run about 79% of the time, some crazy high percentage that the Vikings do run 11 personnel, which is three receivers, one tight end, one running back. Um, the Dolphins oftentimes don't have four linebackers on the field. They'll take an extra linebacker out of the game, bring in an extra corner or a safety, uh, play that nickel or dime package. But on Sunday, the first, I mean, it was the first two quarters. They basically ran four and four linebackers, two of them down at the line of scrimmage, kind of like what Zedarius and Daniel Hunter do, standing up at the edge uh, and either rushing, and they were doing a great job of stopping the run, really bottling that up uh, until later in the game we finally did break one, and it was what felt like the first long run for Dalvin Cook in, I don't know, a couple of years. I, I mm-hmm. can't remember the last time he broke a long one like that. Um, but a credit to Kirk and the offense of adjusting. Uh, they were expecting a, a lot different looks defensively from Miami. They didn't get it. Uh, and it was like two out of 170 plays that Miami ran against cover uh, against 11 purse so far. They've had an extra corner or safety on the field. They didn't do that a whole lot on Sunday. So credit to the Vikings for finding a way to yet again overcome a, a crazy defensive strategy. I think the Eagles had uh, an interesting strategy to try to stop JJ. That worked pretty well, but just another thing for, for Kirk and for Kevin O'Connell to go back and look at now and have another way of, okay, this is how teams are going to try to slow us down a different way than we've seen before. Uh, but I think we got a lot of good stuff to do here heading into the bye week and very excited. Zebriel, your reaction? Did you get a chance to see the game on Sunday? I did. Yeah, it was, um, it was one of those games that you were just not, not super happy with what was going on, but like we were saying, a win is a win here, and five and one seems pretty good. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I almost felt bad for Skyler. <clears throat> um, can't remember his last name. He was doing great for them, and uh, kind of glad that Teddy came in because uh, it looked like Skyler was actually driving down the field, and Dolphins were just killing themselves with those penalties. Um, so they weren't. I mean, if they weren't given shooting themselves in the foot with all those penalties, especially that those first couple drives, might be a different game. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was good to see us 
um, win one of those games. And, and we've been winning a couple of those games this year, those games that could kind of go either way. Um, cause like you had said in the past, we don't really come out on the winning side of those type of games. So maybe this is a different kind of Vikings team. It's hard to say this early on, especially because of the team. It's been a weird, uh, NFL season with the teams that have been pretty good. You know, I think we, we go up against the, um, AFC East and the, or the NFC East and the AFC East this year. Is that what it is? Is that our matchup? Yep. Yeah, we play the Commanders, um, Cowboys, and the Eagles. Okay. And Jets. Yeah, because those, those two divisions are looking surprisingly super good. Um, on the contrary, the, some of the divisions like the AFC West that you thought were going to be very good, not looking so hot. So it's kind of a weird year in football. I'm not really sure how to think about it. I'm not sure if the Vikings are real or what to compare them to, especially if the Packers are 3-3 three and three and lose into the Jets and the Giants. So, I don't know. I'm not getting too excited yet, but I think it's a pretty good sign that we're five and one. Yeah, the one thing I know is that the without question the NFC is the weaker of the two conferences, um, yeah. which, which totally favors us. That I, I, again, the Eagles are definitely the top team, but we don't have a Chiefs, we don't have a Bills, we don't have these teams that could make a deep playoff run. It's really from from how teams have played right now. It's the Eagles, and that's about it. Where. I yeah. don't think the Eagles are unstoppable where I think the the Chiefs and the Bills come playoff time are pretty much unstoppable. So it's <laughs> it's awesome having a, a two-game lead, maybe even three, two. with a tiebreaker, if you factor that in. Yeah, the tiebreaker, yeah. Um, with only six games in the season. So, again, not not the prettiest uh, football. I almost said it again there watching the game. <laughs> not, the, <laughs> not the prettiest football we've been playing, but I think each week uh, we've been learning something about this team. Um, and I'd have to hope that, you know, we have an extra week here with this bye week to regroup and, um, on the road improvising like that, when they give us a totally different look than we were expecting on defense, I think going through these issues and growing pains, if you want to call them that early on in the season is really good for us. And I'd much rather, uh, have those growing pains and these ugly wins now instead of later in the season or even early playoffs, um, because I really think that we're learning something, and Kevin O'Connell's going to make it adjustments. He's never seen something like that as a first-year head coach, so come playoff time, come deep this season when the games really matter, uh, we'll be able to adjust looking back at what we did against Miami. Yeah, and the big another big thing is staying healthy, and they've done it so far. A credit to the coaching staff, for the training staff. They had the trip out to London. They were down in Miami this last week. It was 120 degrees, like you alluded to, BG, on the, on the Vikings' sideline on Sunday, and a lot of tough physical conditions and a lot of time spent in the air traveling around and, and the uh, the Vikings have found a way to stay healthy. you got to hope that continues now uh, after the bye week. They'll come back home and host the Arizona Cardinals the night before Halloween um, is the next one. And then we play the Commies, I believe, on the road in Washington. Um, any other thoughts from the football weekend or from the Gophers, uh, rather the Vikings win before we hop into Gopher football? Perfect. Let's hop right in. Gophers on the road this last weekend on Saturday in Champaign, Illinois. They lost as a road favorite against a ranked Big Ten team. It was a 26-14 to loss. Taron Morgan knocked out of the game. Uh, kind of a fluke, fluky play. Uh, he, he was scrambling to the right and got a few yards up the field. Then the defender was, was trying to punch the ball out and ends up hitting Tanner right in the crown of the helmet. Uh, apparently it's not a penalty. And I don't think it was malicious intent by the Illinois defender, but Tanner Morgan gets knocked out. And I don't even know if it's his head that's hurt, but uh, he is, I guess, not. there's no official word yet. I'm guessing he won't start on Saturday at Penn State, the night game. Um, but definitely some question marks with a fan. Is that how you say his name? The uh, the backup Greek quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. True uh, redshirt freshman, rather. He came into the game anyway after Tanner Morgan was knocked out. Didn't look a whole lot better. Uh, with him and at QB, but uh, we'll, we'll see what can happen with the Gophers now. Two Big Ten losses in a row, one and two in the conference, and they got their work cut out for them with Illinois, Purdue, Nebraska all ahead of them. Uh, Illinois, Purdue, three and one in the conference, Nebraska, two and two, and then a whole bunch of teams, including Iowa and uh, Wisconsin, one and three, but Iowa, one and two as well. So the Gophers, if they are going to win that Big Ten West, they're going to need to basically win out and get some help along the way. But still plenty of football left. We'll see what happens with the Gophers. Uh, against Illinois, though, it was a just an all-out defensive collapse. 
um, for what was the number one defense going into this week. Obviously, the offense only put up 14 points, but the defense giving up 472 yards of total offense. It was something like, uh, let's see if I can pull it up here, the box score, but it was something like 220 yards on the ground, a whole bunch of yards through the air, 252 passing yards for the fighting Illini. But yeah, 472 total offense, 252 through the air, 220 on the ground. Um, and, and just a, a very... Sh- you know, head-scratching performance from this from this Gopher team who, coming out of the bye week, coming out of a loss to Purdue, who Purdue is now ranked, uh, it was you'd expect to see more. Gophers favored on the road, and they were never really in that ball game. Uh, not a very competitive game. And just an ugly football for the most part uh, from the Gophers. And you, you hope they can find something to turn the season around here uh, with all the talent they have on offense, the offensive line hasn't been great. They haven't really meshed as well as we had hoped this offensive line would. Uh, but with all the weapons they have at running back and now uh, Chris Bell obviously out for the season, but they still got some weapons on the outside with Dalen Wright and Dylan Jackson and, and Mike, even Brown Stevens coming out of the backfield. The Gophers just need to get their playmakers to start making some plays. And we've kind of missed that uh, the last couple of weeks here. Some big stats from the loss at Illinois. Uh, they were four for four on fourth down, and, and all four of those fourth down conversions for the Illinois offense were just at crucial times for the Gophers. Could not get off the field on fourth down. Uh, they were decent, uh, the Gophers, defensively on third down, six of 17, but the big one, four of four on fourth down for the Illini. Um, other stats, time of possession, they killed us. They had 40 minutes of possession time. We had just under 20 at 19 minutes, 56 seconds. Uh, we were two of seven on third down, 180 total yards, just 38 yards through the air. It was six of 18 for the two quarterbacks, 142 on the ground. But again, a disappointing performance from what you'd hope to be a very good team. Mo did get over 100 yards, I think 127 on 15 or 16 carries for Mo Ibrahim. But uh, the offense is going to have to find something. The defense, you hope, steps back up. Uh, and kind of gets back up to where they were as a, the most, at one point, the most efficient defense in the country of, in relation to yards per game, third down conversions, turnovers. Uh, but they were the number one ranked defense going into this week, and they, they laid an egg, BG, an absolute egg. Yeah, I thought it was a really disappointing game. Um, you go into Illinois as the road team, obviously, as favorites, and doing that against a Big Ten opponent with uh, the Big Ten environment that we have, that's pretty pretty rare um so i mean it looked encouraging before the game but we just got trounced and it wasn't even it was a 12 point game 26 14 but it really should have been a much higher difference maybe a 30 point game with just looking at the box score it wasn't a close game at all um we kept in the game um it and had a chance to at least make it a game and yep. down the wire for either team to win but i mean they ran the, the chase brown who is arguably the t- top running back in the, in the nation right now. He ran the ball 41 times for 180 yards. So, I mean, we knew exactly what they were going to do when they were on offense, and we just couldn't stop them. They were just running it down our throat, which we do a lot to other teams, where we just run the ball with Mo, run the ball with Mo, and it's a five-yard gain each and every time. And it's really tough to, to beat a team when you're down. Um, especially on the road when their running game is that good and they're up on you when they can just milk the clock. We've seen it time in and time out with our offense. That's exactly what we do. And we couldn't, like you said, Mo had 127 yards and he had eight and a half yards per carry. But I think we were just so one-dimensional as an offense that they keyed in on us. And when we needed to get a third down, when we needed to get a good play, they knew we were going to run it, and we couldn't rely on our six-year quarterback with Tanner Morgan, sadly. Um, mm-hmm. He went four for 12. He had four completions the entire game. As you mentioned, he got taken out a little bit early. But he went four for 12 for 21 yards and had an interception. And we talk about it a lot. That's Tanner Morgan. He's been here six years now. It's it's crazy. I don't know if it's Fleck not having the confidence in him or our offensive coordinator, but it's just I don't understand that. Our QB, who's a six-year, he's probably our age right now, 24, 23 years old, whatever it is, has four completions for 21 yards. It's just we're not going to be a team that deserves to play in the Big Ten Championship or come out of the Big Ten West when our guy, Tanner Morgan, can't complete five passes or throw for more than 21 yards, and he also had an interception. So 
it's just disappointing on so many levels. Uh, the total yards, 180 yards to 472 yards. It's That doesn't sound like a 12-point game. So I think we're lucky to have that show up on the scoreboard when we easily could have been been down 20 or 30 points. But it, mm-hmm. I guess it doesn't really matter. We lose. We go to 4-2. and two. It almost seems like this game against Penn State this upcoming weekend is a must-win if we want to stay in the hunt um, because these past two games have really, really made a significant difference and a huge swing on the season that looked so promising just about a month ago yep it was uh the ultimate high not the ultimate high. i guess the the uh the gophers were nine and oh at one point in 2019 after they beat penn state but being four and oh defeating michigan state on the road a good michigan state team uh who has now kind of fallen to to be a bad team but uh it's been three ranked opponents in a row for the gophers they're one and two in those games and you you lose two tough ones in that you're favored in both of them um, but you got to find a way to regroup and heading to a very tough environment 110,000 will be a sold out whiteout game at, at state college against the number 16 ranked Nittany Lions it's going to be a hell of an environment if they do start the red shirt freshman quarterback a fan something I don't even know how to say his last name but he's uh he was touted as kind of a gunslinging quarterback I think he can run a little bit he we didn't get to see much of that, of any of that, um, on Saturday when he did get into the ball game, but hopefully with a week of practice under his belt as QB one, that he is ready to go uh, on 6:30 in uh, Pennsylvania when they kick things off. Uh, let's hop into a little bit of Wolves chatter here for just a minute. The opener tonight against Oklahoma City. It's in Minnesota, seven o'clock tip. BG were ten and a half point favorites uh, in the opener against what OKC. Then are not projected to be very good kind of a bottom feeder in the league this year. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, one of those teams that's going to possibly tank for uh, Victor Wembanyama. Wembanyama, um, the uh, the stud Frenchman who's seven foot three, who's the surefire first overall pick uh, of next year's draft. But long story short, the Gov- or the uh, the Timberwolves rather should trounce OKC tonight, right? Yeah, I think it's it's a really good matchup for us first game. Um, OKC, they're a very young team. And they're a team with new players, so they haven't really played a lot of basketball together, which is similar to the T-Wolves with Rudy Gobert, uh, Kyle Anderson, and the other guys we acquired, Bryn Forbes. Um, But, I mean, you just look at their roster on a piece of paper, you look at our roster on a piece of paper, it's almost like NBA versus college basketball. So (laughs) I think it's it's definitely an easy win uh, week one, but or game one, I guess I should say. But I do kind of expect some, and I don't want to say it over again, but growing pains. Uh, with the Timberwolves, just because Rudy Gobert is new to the team, and that's such a big contrast from the way the Timberwolves have been playing. Not only a, a new starter, but Towns is primarily going to be the four now, and the pick-and-roll situation with D'Lo and Gobert, how the rotations are going to work, where if it's Gobert staying with D'Lo, if it's Towns and Towns and Ant, um, I guess we don't really know. It's going to be fun to see uh, how it pans out against OKC and like the first one or two weeks of the NBA season, just how our guys mesh um, and play together. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Um, I'm, it's awesome that the NBA is back and that we haven't had a, a chance to say it a lot as Timberwolves fans that we have a chance to go – we have a chance to have a great regular season and make a run at it in the playoffs, which we've yep. probably been able to say three times in our lifetime. So um, it was a great season last season. Uh, I, I just hope to build off that and – with the NBA coming upon us, I got a quick trivia game mm. for both you guys. Let's do it. I Ooh, saw nice. this. I saw this today, so I'll bounce it off you guys. It's kind of like a cash cab question, but there are four NBA teams, and you may have asked this one, Zach. Uh, four NBA teams that their mascot does not end with an S. What are those four teams? Ooh. Should we play this side by side? Bill, do you want to just go one at a time? Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Jazz. I got Jazz off the bat. Mm. Um, you got any others? <laughs> uh, heat, Jazz and Heat are the only one right at jazz the moment I can heat. think of. That's two good ones. Yep. Um, I was able to get those two pretty easily, and then these next two are a little tougher. Ooh, uh, Magic. Yep. Magic, good one. Yep. Oh, you're good at this. I have no idea. I can give you a hint if you want so we can keep this going. Yeah, what's the hint? Yeah. 
The Timberwolves play them tonight. Oh. Thunder. The OKC Thunder. Yeah, I didn't think about them. Dang, that's a that was a good one. Thank you. ZB, good that's job. That's got to be that. the most in professional sports, I would say. That That's, that's an oddity, kind of. Yeah, you'll have to get back to us on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. It's got to be, but I'll, I'll I'll check my sources. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit here. Let's go over to the Minnesota Wild, who are three games into their season, and oh for three, Zach Briel, and they've given up a ton of goals: seven to the Rangers on the opening night, seven to the Kings on Saturday, and then six to the Avalanche on Monday. Goaltending is that the issue? I've I've heard it's. A mixture, Zach, between goaltending and just some defensive strategy, some defensive meltdowns. But but what's what's the deal with the Wild? Is it time to panic yet? No, I wouldn't say so. Um, I think I, I don't know. It seems kind of like a hangover from last season. How do we end it last season? Um, it, it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't really make too much sense. We didn't lose too many dudes uh, that would attribute to uh, our defense just kind of shit in the bed right now. Um, we're kind of getting, you know, I, I'm happy with the, what we did in the off season. I think, um, Fiala, there's just no way we could have afforded him and him being gone. I don't think is having an impact right now. It's just, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what it is. I, we, we looked, we looked bad, dude. <laughs> yeah. I just thought I, I didn't see any games live. I just been watching replays. Um, they're just like replay recaps and watching them like the highlights and stuff, but it just doesn't look, I don't know, I, I but definitely not time to panic. Um, I like we're I like our team. I think we're going to make the playoffs, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's hard to explain. But uh, I, once baseball season ends, I'll have more time to, to focus on hockey, and I'll get down to the bottom of this, I promise. Yeah, I appreciate it. And we can flip over to baseball, too, before we do picks here in just a second. Uh, I did hear Lou Nanny on the radio today talking about the goaltending for the Wild and some of the struggles they've had. They do have, apparently have a young phenom goaltender playing for the Iowa Wild. I don't know if you know anything about him, but uh, I guess Lou brought up if, if the uh, the goaltending woes continue and the, and the Wild continue to give up seven or six goals every night, uh, we could be seeing this young phenom maybe a year earlier than than expected or than, than the Wild front office really wants to do, but you never know if things keep heading in this direction. Uh, we could see the, yeah. uh, the young phenom come up from the Iowa Wild. Yeah, I wonder if that's one of those – you know, I, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on it is. If a team is really doing horrible and you bring up a guy, I don't know how early you do that. I know the Twins, when we got out of the playoffs, like probably three weeks ago in the season, we brought up uh, that Mr. Baseball from Minnesota in 2016, Mitch Wal- or, uh, Matt Walner, and he was doing well. I think he was doing very well, but the, I think the argument is, should we have brought him up earlier, is when's the right time to bring up a guy? Who's really who's real young and, and trying to get adjusted? So I, I don't know. What do you guys think the right call is in sports? Do you bring them up when you tank, when you're tanking, or do you bring them up and try to get a shot at it? Well, it's it's funny. My two major sports, football and basketball, that's not a thing. Um, so I guess oh. I don't really oh. have. True, sure. that's a good point. <laughs> I don't have much input yeah. on there. Like I think the whole farm system is like a different animal. Um, it's really yeah, unique it uh, to baseball to the major sports, but. As an outsider That's, looking in, I, I guess I don't have any input. There's my comment. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's a case-by-case situation. But depending on how old the kid is or how ready he is, I mean, if, if he's got a ton of swagger, just bring him up, see what happens. But, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, also a situation where if you bring him up too early and he gets shelled the first couple of weeks of his NF or his uh, NHL career, then maybe that just puts him in a downward spiral for for the rest of his career. So it's 100%. It's a dangerous yeah, game to play. Tough. It really is, and that's what's kind of unique about hockey and baseball is that farm system. And I guess I didn't really realize they didn't. I didn't think about that. They didn't really have that in basketball and football. But the uh, Gopher hockey right now is kind of playing a game where they've they got they got two first round draft picks that got drafted probably when they were. I, I don't know if it was right out of high school or right out of a development league, um, but it was a third overall pick and then like twenty third overall pick guy from Chaska and then a guy from Pittsburgh area. I think um, anyway, they're just disgusting. They're having awesome years and. One of them just had a hat trick for us the other weekend um, versus Mankato. And so the thing we were trying to figure out is that are they, is one of them who got drafted third to the Arizona or the Phoenix Coyotes, um, I was like, oh, fuck, he's probably gone after this year because they're probably just like get some new guys up here. But um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a bummer to see young guys go. I don't know where sure. I was going with this one. Would no they worries, ever but... take a midseason if they're just playing their ass off? 
and they need yeah, somebody? It creates, it's nuts. They, uh, gophers don't have a tendency to do that historically, but a couple times it's happened um, where a stud has just had to go up and they've been, or they just call it mid season. And the, I don't know if you guys heard the name of Kyle Oposo. Nope. No, I don't think so. He's now he just got voted captain. I think of the Sabres. Um, he did that when we were back probably 10 years ago, we were sweet and we were kind of making a run and he just up and left. And so it was kind of a bummer and you get that with these big programs, but you, um, you of them Gulfs have a pretty good tendency to keep their guys and develop them a little further. So, Sweet. Yeah. Kind of, kind of fun. Kind Speaking of, fun to think of about. gopher hockey too, I think they're ranked number one, and I will be attending. We are just got. I will be attending my first ever gopher hockey game on Friday against I think North Dakota. Nice, nice. Oh my god, it's going to be an unreal game. Yeah, it's be awesome. Should be fun. First time at Mariucci, so I'm excited. Oh, that dude, yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's I don't probably doesn't compare to the Wild Stadium, but it's it's always fun playing um, big rivals like that. We wherever we would go, we would go versus like a crappy team and it'd, we'd whoop them and it'd be, it'd be fun and everything. But North Dakota, we had a, I mean, the longest history with them ever. I think for college hockey, as far as college hockey goes, it's the oldest rivalry or one, definitely wow. one of the most significant rivalries. And unfortunately about whenever the Penn state made their hockey team and maybe had a rule that the Penn state had a rule. If there's a certain amount of teams that are eligible or what, what would I call it? Like the, you know, those big 10 teams when they're like football basketball and baseball it's all the same teams mm-hmm. well if there there's a rule that you know if there was i think six six big 10 teams that are playing a specific sport they have to create the division the big 10 then for that sport and so that's why the gophers had to leave the wcha and so now we don't play and i don't think it's every year now that we play north dakota um so now that i think it makes it more significant the games but it also is pretty sad because that was a sweet rivalry and I think now the number two team in the country is Mankato, right? So both one and two, I believe, college hockey are Minnesota teams. Yeah, and we just played them two weekends ago and split the series. And so it's, yeah, pretty two top dogs in, in Minnesota, which is really fun. Um, it's always fun to see that preferred over um, Boston College or any of those out east teams. It's pretty cool in the Midwest to kind of take that um, that one-two spot. But yeah, and a little a little nod to the Tommies. I saw that they got their first win of the season nice. for men's hockey against Alaska nice. Anchorage in overtime. Oh, cool! And I think cool. last year was a very tough year for them. I think they had maybe I don't know two wins, three wins throughout three, the yeah. whole season. I think they like three and thirty-two. Yeah, which I mean, like what's, what do you expect? Yeah, uh, playing against some really good teams. I think Mankato's in their conference, if I'm yeah. not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they yeah, got put in the toughest division, I think. Yeah, so I mean they're going to play the number two country at least once or twice this year. So yeah. hopefully the Tommies can continue to improve, which we're really looking like we're doing with just about every other sport right now. Yeah. What is that for basketball? Looking is basketball coming up for a college? Yeah, it starts in about two weeks. I think it starts maybe three weeks, first week of November. Uh, I was looking at the Gophers schedule today. I think November fifth or November seventh is the first game for the Gophers. Um, so yeah, St. Thomas would be right around then, and. Um, they're in the Summit League for basketball, so they'll be playing Denver. Um, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head right is now. There, but yeah, they'll be in that conference. They are better. Say it again. Is there a chance they're better than than the U of M? Like, could they if they played us? And are, and are they going to play us anytime soon? No. I'd say no to both of those questions. Right now, I think the Gophers are a better team. Um, and we should probably talk about this, especially with that huge recruit that the Gophers just got the other day. Yep. Uh, depending on what site you're looking at, either a five-star or a really, really good four-star, Dennis Evans. Again, depends what rankings you're looking at. The 19th overall uh, player in the country, or if, or if you're looking at ESPN that. number 61. So not sure why a huge disparity there. But, um, yeah, a huge get for the Gopher program. Um, the, the highest recruit we've gotten since Chris Humphreys back in 2003, so about 20 years now to get a recruit of this size, which is a huge win uh, for Ben Johnson. You start to wonder if the Nolan Winter, the Lakeville North guy, who said he was going to go to the U and then switched to Madison at the last second, um, well, I guess caught wind of that because they are the same position and knew that this five-star was going to commit to the Gophers or at least had a somewhat good chance of. Um, but either way, it takes the takes the weight and takes the heat off of Ben Johnson for missing out on 
another Minnesota guy with Nolan Winter, um, where it's totally in the rearview mirror when you get a five-star, uh, a top 20 player in the country to come to your program from California, yep. which is pretty crazy uh, for, for the Gophers to do that. So, um, yes, I think back to your question, the Gophers will beat the Tommies this year and maybe the next couple of years, five years, whatever. But I do anticipate that that rivalry will become closer as more and more um, – quality players go to St. Thomas and for right now for St. Thomas, they're not even allowed to go to March madness for, I think the next four years mm-hmm. because they oh, switched down divisions uh, just like football. Uh-huh. They aren't allowed to, I guess, make the college football playoffs. I'm not sure how that works for their conference, but uh, end of the story with, with years to come, I think St. Thomas and that gap will, will close, but unfortunately it's not that, not that day to day. Yeah, gotcha. good good job bringing up the uh, Devin's Evan the Dennis Evans recruiting bit there. Depending on the site you look at or, or the the tweet you look at, it, Ryan James, um, who's a Gopher Illustrated writer, uh, big Minnesota basketball guy, but he has it. Uh, he has Evans listed as the highest recruit since Royce White in two thousand nine, who was ranked twenty six. Um, but regardless, seven foot one center from Riverside, California. Uh, awesome, awesome get for for this Gopher team and for Ben Johnson who've struggled mightily in their first year and I think they do also have a four-star commit uh shooting guard Cameron Christie um so top player out of Illinois nice is he Whoa. Mr. Illinois I like that or Mr. Basketball from I'm our... sure he was yeah number one player out of Illinois one of those really high four-star ranked players wow, wow. love it Mike, so, why uh, is it? I don't understand why we get other guy in Minnesota we can't keep him I don't get that <laughs> I don't know it's a head scratcher yep one they've been trying to figure out the uh, the reason to for a long time down at the yeah. U of M. Uh, let's talk like a minute of ho- a minute of uh, MLB playoff sack, and then we're going to bring in Randy for pick segment. Cool beans, uh, pretty sweet um, weekend for baseball. The Padres Dodgers series was pretty electric. Um, that last game they won it, and I think the Padres are up two one, and then they uh, were down three nothing in the seventh inning. Looking like it was maybe going to go back to uh, Los Angeles for game th- uh, five, deciding game, and then uh, they scored five in the seventh or eighth and ended up holding that lead. And they were facing the Phillies now tonight, actually, as we speak. Um, so the Dodgers, the, one of the best teams in MLB history, actually. I think they had the fourth, fourth best record of all time this year, 111 wins. Um, just a stupid good team. And they are out. And actually, which is just even more crazy, and maybe that goes to show that you can't play a team – too many times or else, you know, those division rivals will get you because the Dodgers beat the Padres 14 times out of 19 times during the regular season, but they couldn't find a way to do it wow. in the playoffs. So, yeah, pretty pretty amazing. I think that's what's cool about playoff baseball, too, is that everyone's got a shot, even if it does seem like the, the big shots here are making it every year. And they are. I mean, Astros now are in the playoffs uh, versus the, or the NL, ALCS versus the Yanks. They're, they're there for the sixth straight year, which is an MLB record, according to, I think, Bob Costas. Not sure where he got that stat. Find that hard to believe more than the Yankees even in their heydays. But, uh, yeah, so now we got Phillies Padres tonight. And then uh, starting tomorrow or when? Tomorrow or Thursday? Probably tomorrow. It's tomorrow, ah, Yankees and Astros. Or Yankees, Yankees and uh, Astros. Yeah, Astros. And Astros. It is yep. uh, Wednesday. So, yep. It is Wednesday. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, that'll be not the, not really the final four I was looking for, but. Um, anyone coming out of the, the National League, I'm cool with. Uh, unfortunately, it's the Astros and Yanks yet again. Yes, it is. Very unfortunate. Um, let's shift over to pick segment. We're going to bring in Randy now. All righty, let's start up pick segment. Welcome to Randy, who's got a little bit of a cold, but he's fighting through it uh, for the sake of the pod and pick segment tonight. Randy, we'll get to you in just a second. Standings. Andy is atop the leaderboard through six weeks of the NFL, seven weeks in college football. Randy, you were two and three last week, but still ahead of the pack at 12 and eight overall, thanks to a big time triple down last week um, that hit. BG, you are in second place. You were four and one last week, 10 and eight overall. Um, then Zach and I bringing up the rear. I was two and three last week. I'm now seven and 13 overall, thanks to a, a terrible triple down. Uh, about two and a half, three weeks ago now. Zach, you were one in four last week. Good for three and seven on the year. We're going to get uh, all these games back for you at some point. We're going to give you a bunch of extra games to pick uh, to get Please. you caught up a little bit. But don't forget, Zach, you and I both have our triple downs of the month left. 
Uh, and now okay. we're about two thirds of the way here through October. Uh, let's get into this week's games. We'll start on Thursday night football. It's the Saints. And, and by the way, this is a terrible week for the NFL. Uh, really no good matchups, at least from what I was looking at. Um, but we'll start with Thursday night football. It's Saints at the Cardinals. Cardinals, a point and a half favorite. BG, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm going to go. This is an ugly game, just like a lot of the recent primetime games have been. I'm going to go with the Cardinals minus one and a half. Um, I think there might be some injury concerns with the Saints at quarterback, especially with the Thursday night uh, time slot. And they have DeAndre Hopkins back, so I'll go Cardinals. Randy? I'm riding with the Saints. And Zach? Cardinals. So do we have any idea who's starting that quarterback for the Saints? Is it going to be Jameis? I've heard that it's either... Jameis or Dalton, and if neither of them play, it's Taysom Hill. So oh, I have no idea. I'm going to go with the Saints. I love Jameis. He's so entertaining to watch. I hope he starts a quarterback. I, they probably have a worse chance to cover if he does start, but uh, I'm just going to pick the Saints. <laughs> then we'll go to a noon game on Sunday. It's the Packers in Washington, D.C., playing against the Commies. Pack getting five and a half on the road. BG, who do you like? I'll go Commies. A little... Taylor Heineke magic this weekend. Yes, sir. Randy? I mean, the Packers have been big favorites the past, what, four weeks? Yep. And we've just been ass. We've been straight booty. Um, but it's it's the commies. Like, it's Taylor Heineke. They suck so bad. There's no way that the Packers don't not lose by or not win by less than a touchdown. I don't know. They lost by three scores to the Jets. <laughs> Let's go, Zach. At home, too. <laughs> At home. So, so, Zach, you like the commies in this one, huh? Um, I, I'm going to pick the commies. Zach, keep talking about the Packers, will you? <laughs> no, I'm going to let you're sick. You're sick. I want to do that to you. I am sick. Don't beat a dead uh, horse. I'm, I'm going, you better, Andy. I'm going with the Packers. You're, you're too nice. I like the commies in this one, uh, mainly because I hate the Packers, but I also think there's a huge, um, I don't know, something brewing in in Green Bay between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. Very passive-aggressive in in the news conference this week, the press conference after the game. So unlike Rodgers. So unlike Rodgers. But there is something (laughs) seriously brewing between those two, and I think it's going to be an epic conclusion to whatever happens. Our our offensive line is so booty. Our offensive line is so bad. It is so, so bad. We can't run the ball. We can't give Rodgers enough time to do anything. Our our offensive line is just straight terrible. And I have no idea what the Packers are going to do to fix that. Well, Aaron Rodgers, at least in the press conference, said they need to simplify the offense. They asked LaFleur on Monday um, what he thought about those comments from Rodgers, and he said, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Well, I mean, it's, I, I, I think, and I am no expert, but I think what it means is that our offensive line is so bad that we can't run the plays that LeFleur wants to run because we don't have time to develop because Rodgers is getting tossed around in the backfield. And when we try to run these, these run plays with Jones or Dylan that have people in motion and guards pulling, centers pulling, like no one knows what they're doing up front. And I, it all starts with the offensive line. And can't have a complicated NFL offense when your offensive line sucks ass. Randy, right now with what you've I've, seen so I've far this it. season, would you rather have Rodgers or Russell Wilson? Oof. I would have Rodgers because at least Rodgers doesn't embarrass himself on the microphone by saying Packers country. That's right. Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move into our next game. That's enough Packers chatter for this podcast. It's Colts at the Titans. Titans getting two, uh, sorry, Titans minus two and a half at home. BG, who do you like? I'll go with Titans at home. I think Jonathan Taylor might be back for the Colts, but um, it's towards the middle of the season where it starts to get really hard to tackle Derrick Henry. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll getting go with Getting colder the Titans. too. Yep. Randy? Uh, I'm about to trade for Derrick Henry in my fantasy football league, so I will take the Titans. And Zach, trying to think if this is a good uh, triple down. What is that called? Triple down. Yeah, triple, triple down of down. the week, baby. You like that? Yeah, I, I do kind of like that one. I'm going to take. I'm going to take it, Titans. So you'll need him to go. What is that? Minus twelve and a half, or I guess minus, 
No, you say it. You say it because it's your triple down. Oh, wait. Can we do – how do we do that? Do we do it whatever? You add you add 10 to the line. A minimum yeah. of 10. A minimum of 10. You can you be can more, more cocky if you want. It, it could, could it be either side of that line, though? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could take the Colts plus eight and a half. Or mm. Oh. Seven. And seven no, I like minus, minus 12 for Titans. Okay, minus 12, 12 and a half. And a half. Zach's triple down. There you go. Um, I'm going to take the Titans as well. I'm not going to triple down, but I I like the Titans at home. Chiefs at the 49ers, a 325 game on Sunday. Chiefs minus three on the road. BG, who do you like? I will do Chiefs. I would maybe do a triple down if I had it. It's going to be my triple down. (laughs) Uh, Randy? I will take the Chiefs, but this is not a triple down game. I mean, that that, that Niners defense is pretty good yeah they are um, good and uh we saw what happened when Mahomes went up against a tough defense last week um I think I think the Chiefs went by a touchdown uh but nothing more and Zachary how about them Chiefs all right well this is going to be two games in a row we're all on the same side of this one I like the Chiefs I like the triple down there minus 13 then uh for the Chiefs on the road at the 49ers I think it's a get right game for Kansas City. 49ers probably going to muck it up a little bit. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play good defense. That's what you get out of a Kyle Shanahan team. But I like the Chiefs and the explosiveness. Let's move into our last game. It's the whiteout game. We've been talking about it for a month or more now, BG. Gophers at Penn State. Penn State minus five at home. Who do you like? Yeah, I hate to do it. I'm going to take Penn State. I think that they win by more than a touchdown. I was surprised that we were favorites last week against Illinois and almost a touchdown favorite. So I think we're still maybe favored a little too high. I'll take Penn State. Randy? I um, I think Minnesota is so bad at football. I fucking hate Minnesota football. Everything about the state of Minnesota football is bad. If I had a triple down this week, I would make it, I would make it a gazillion down. Penn State by a million. I think I think Iowa Ohio State this weekend will be a closer game than Penn State Iowa. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow, bold proclamation. Let's save that he clip. Illinois. He scored six versus Illinois. <laughs> That's just yeah. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. But I, I do. I was thinking. I was thinking triple down, like a possibility for that Penn State game. But no, I think it's a. Uh, I think Penn State for sure is going to win that. It, yeah, nothing nothing that we've seen recently says otherwise, unfortunately. Well, I'm going to zig while everybody else zags. I'm taking the Gophers on the road. They're going to beat Penn State yet again for the second straight time. I believe it's the second straight time since 2019 when we stormed the field at home. I like the Gophers. I think it's a, it's a bounce-back game for Minnesota. Two losses in a row, bookending that bye week uh, in week five there, but uh, I'm hoping it's a Than Kuklimala or something like that. I don't even know how you say his last name. It's a Greek last name. But I'm hoping it's it's him starting in front of 110,000 wearing all white. And I think the Gophers can find a way to pull the upset here. Be quite the start for a redshirt freshman, his first start of oh. his career in front of 109,000. <laughs> It'd be absolutely wild, and it would be an all-time upset for Minnesota. But let's go, Gophers. Throw the boat, Sky Uma. Uh Zach, you got anything to uh, close out the pod? Um, uh, my roommate's dog took a shit outside my door today. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Did you have to clean it, it up? Like a bucket of mud. It literally looked like a bucket of mud. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the, the dog was sending a message? Uh, I would say he, he does poop his kennel sometimes. He's, he, he's two years old. He shouldn't be doing it. But he's, he's like 115 pounds. Mm. And so it literally looked like someone was playing, playing in the mud and came out and just had a whole boot full of mud, just poured it right there. Nice. It smells very bad, so it wasn't mud. Do you think it's kind of symbolic of the the Hawkeyes' performance this upcoming weekend? <laughs> kind of, kind of, yeah. It is kind of like that. My the, the dog is a he's a big Ohio State fan. Um, Bucky, and so it reminded you yeah, of the it, Iowa offense. It does, it yeah. does, and he 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 told me that actually the dog after. So. It's a beautiful way to close things out. We'll see you all next week. What day is it? And in what mind this clock never seems so alive I can't keep up and I can't back down I've been losing so much time
just you and me And all other people with nothing to do Nothing to lose And it's you and me And all other people And I don't know why Can't keep my eyes off of you What are the things that I want to say Just aren't coming out right I'm tripping words You got my head spinning I don't know where to go from here Cause it's you and me And all other people with nothing to do Nothing to prove And it's you and me And all other people And I don't know why I can't keep my eyes off of you Something about you now I can't quite figure out Everything she does is beautiful Everything she does is right It's you and me And all other people with nothing to do Nothing to lose And it's you and me And all other people And I don't know why I can't keep my eyes off of you and me And all other people with nothing to do Nothing to prove And it's you and me And all other people And I don't know why Can't keep my eyes off of you What day is it? And in what month this clock never seems so alive?